call it. Call it, yes. For what? Just call it. Welcome to episode 41 of Call It Friendo, the podcast where two friends watch a film decided by the flip of a coin. This week, myself, Andy J. Ritchie, and my co-host, Donna Katirnan, watched all five Rambo films. We talk about all five, but the main focus is last week's toss winner, the Razzie Worst Picture nominee, 2019's Rambo Last Blood. As always, this podcast contains spoilers for the films right from the start. Check out JustWatch.com for streaming and rental options in your region. Please follow Call It Friendo Podcast on Instagram, like the Facebook page, leave a review on iTunes, or any or all of the above. Please send any questions or recommendations to callitfriendopodcast at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram. They drew first blood, not us. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm having a good... W- I had a good week. I had a good week. Did you? Why is that? Yeah. Well, a, a number of things. I don't know. I, I, like, uh, I've been meditating a lot, and I think I, I, I reached a, a kind of nice zenith with that. Became very sort of okay with myself and frank with other people. C- came up with sort of a, a new life plan for the next few years. And also, I ended up watching a lot more movies and stuff than i normally would just because as you well know when you have to watch all the rambles in a week you ha- you can't go from rambo to rambo all the time maybe you oh, did. did maybe you maybe you're <laughs> I a, just a, purely a, watched rambos maybe you're a total masochist but i could not so i let, don't know so what you're y- talking about they're all fine <laughs> i don't know about that did uh did you just watch rambo this week you don't have an, uh, another what you've been watching so I watched a couple of episodes of TV shows, but I don't think I have anything particularly to say about them, really. I had bits and pieces, but eh, I, you know, I've been watching, I carried on with TV, Rick and Morty, Loki, but eh, I'm going to wait. I think I'm going to wait until the end of a series before, uh, the end of a season before commenting on these things. That's because fair, it feels a bit fair. silly. It feels a bit silly just to talk about individual episodes of TV shows. So I finally made it to the cinema for the first time since Tenet, way back in episode two. I watched A Quiet Place Part Two. Oh, going to see it tomorrow. Installment of the Alien Invasion slash horror slash thriller directed by Jim from The Office and starring his wife Emily Blunt. This time around, Killian Murphy steps into the leading man role. Overall, I thought Love it was pretty a bit of solid. Murphy. Not worth getting COVID for. Uh, Krasinski uses silence well again and ratchets up the tension across simultaneous suspense scenes. I also found it quite moving in places. It's got heavy Last of Us vibes, which makes me more excited for the TV show of that property. Just because mm. I think the, zom- the zombies from The Last of Us are more interesting than the big-eared alien creatures here. Mushroom zombies. Exactly. Cordyceps, yes. Oh, is that what they're called? I hadn't uh, known. No, yeah, I'm well, really that, looking that's, forward those are, to that. That's the type of mushroom. I actually take that every morning as a supplement, Cardiceps, because I'm, I'm trying to start the zombie apocalypse. It's the plan. Oh, I hope the zombie apocalypse doesn't start. I mean, we have kind of had a test run for it, and we did awfully. And this was an easy apocalypse. This was no problem. This was like anyway. the worst apocalypse ever. I oh, my God. Full, yeah, yeah. Full on. I was ready. Were you? Yeah, I'm ready to live in some kind of like Mad Max wasteland. That's, that's where my mindset is. I do think you'd fare out. I'd be just afraid that a bunch of people would come along and try to eat my baby. 
that's you made a foolish mistake of having something to anchor you down. I'll be jetting. I'll be yeah. going through the, the vast what? desert. So what? You're 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 basically maybe. you're Neil from Heat. Is that it? Neil from Heat. Exactly. I think you've accused me of being that character from Heat before. Do you recommend I um I go see a Quiet Place Part Two? Yeah, it's fine. It's I don't I lower your expectations. I'm sure they weren't sky high anyway. No, it's just fine. It's just completely adequate. Three out three out of five. Do you know who's directing the third one? Uh, Steven Spielberg. Incorrect. It's going to be Jeff Nichols, who hasn't made a movie in a while. Actually, now that I think of it, Jeff Nichols. Yeah, he made uh, Shotgun so the guy Stories, made Mud, Take Shelter, Mud, uh, oh, yeah. and uh, Midnight Special. Oh yeah. Mm. Apparently, he's been trying to get an adaptation of uh, a Confederacy of Dunces off the ground for a while. Uh, but I, it's that's just an example of a book that just should be a book. I think I don't think they should make that in a movie. Then again, people have said that about things that turned out to be really good movies. You never know. Wait, wait until you watch Quiet Place Part Two and see whether you think a, a Part Three is warranted or not. Okie doke, will do, will do. I watched a, a very on brand. I watched a, the new Kevin Hart film, Fatherhood. Now it's the first time in a long time that I've watched a Kevin Hart movie. Oh no, I, sp- I tell a lie. I watched uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, which I really enjoyed. Um, but before that, Wait, I actually... was that the first Jumanji? Ye- well, I've I mean, seen both the first, of them. The first of the Kevin Hart Jumanjis. I've only seen the first of those ones. I mean, I've seen both I've of seen them. I've seen the Robin Williams one, but how's the second one? Is it all right? Yeah, uh, quite, not as good as the, the first, first one. one. I thought it was fine. Oh, I thought the first one was, was great fun. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed fun. it. Actually, no, I, t- I tell another, like, Kevin Hart was in uh, Hobbs and Shaw. He, he cameoed as a, an irate passenger on the plane. That was one thing, though, that me- really made me question this idea of ironic watching, because I remember being in the cinema watching that going, what am I doing here? This is, this is awful. <laughs> oh, I should make that decision more often to just not, not, not sit down and watch things. But anyway, I ended up watching Fatherhood because I heard, uh, uh, I don't know, the, the opening would have been quite... Um, Similar to something that almost happened to me with the the birth of my kid, but in this case, his actual his wife dies, and the scene in it where she gets taken away by doctors is so unbelievably exactly what happened to me. I had to stop it and put it on. I put on uh, like I watched the second half the next day. It was fucking crazy. I w- it was terrifying. Like I've, I've I don't think I've ever gotten trauma like that from a movie before. And it's a fucking Kevin Hart comedy drama. This is crazy. Anyway. Wait, what was the name of this film? I completely Fatherhood. It. When we started talking about Jumanji. Oh, yeah, I've seen the adverts <laughs> for Fatherhood. It's good. And it's, it's a comedy? I mean, yeah, I know Kevin com- Hart's in it, but... It's a comedy drama. Uh, the last time I... Uh, I've I want actually to call interviewed, that a dramedy, please. A dramedy. I've interviewed Kevin Hart. I interviewed him with Josh Gad for The Wedding Ringer, which is maybe the worst film I had to watch in the cinema. Um, it was one of those... I hope you told one. them that to their faces. No, I didn't. We just talked a lot about stand up in the Book of Mormon, which was cool. not even not even to publish, just for your own personal interest, right? I wasn't well. Like that's the thing is, like I didn't, I wasn't able, I because I I had watched the film first. I watched it the night before, and it was one of those screenings where they gave you loads of like food and drink and stuff. Maybe because the film was shit, or maybe because they wanted a big splash. Loads of members of the public were there to make sure that they were laughing, and they were all laughing. They were laughing their heads off. But it's a terrible film, The Wedding Ringer. But this fatherhood film. Because it's based on a real thing. It's based on a memoir. This actually happened to a fella. This guy's wife dies like the day after the kid is born. 
and then he's set to just raise the the kid himself and that is literally the life I saw flash before my eyes waiting outside a fucking delivery room. It was crazy. So anyway, there's that. I watched anyway, uh, the, the Lady Eve, which is a 1941 screwball comedy directed and written by Priston Surges, who also wrote and directed stuff like, uh, let's see, The Great McGinty or Sullivan's Travels. Sullivan's Travels is very good. Sullivan's Travels has a, str- has a fun connection to the Coen brothers. Do you know what it is? They watched it once. And they liked it. <laughs> well, in it, the plot of Sullivan's Travels is a director who wants to stop making comedy films and start make make something serious, a film about the depression he wants to make. Um, and the studios, like, which film is that of the Coen Brothers, Bar and Fink or something? No. So the title of the f- serious film Sullivan wants to make is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Hmm. Mm. So that, but anyway. The Lady Eve is, yeah, one of the screwball comedies. It's got uh, Barbara Stanwyck and Henry Fonda up top. She plays like kind of a con artist, and he plays an explorer who gets onto this boat back to America, and her and her dad try and con him, but then she falls in love with him. few things to say. The script is really fantastic in this. I always get so surprised when I, I don't know, was this pre or post code, but like, it's really, really funny, like really good snappy dialogue. And when movie, like... Golden age of Hollywood movie stars when they're, uh, you know, when they're working well, they're just so entertaining. And Barbara Stanwyck is. But also, Barbara Stanwyck is really hot. Or at least was. Also, between Rambo films this week, I watched film recommended to me by a friend of the podcast, John Spillane, uh, directed John by... John Spillane uh, is dead. This just in, John Spillane is dead. <laughs> written and directed by uh, Robert McKeown, uh, The Killing of Two Lovers which um, premiered at the Sundance Film Festival last year. It's a good film. It's uh, The less known about it, the better, unfortunately, uh, just in case you plan on watching it. Um, it's a good film. Uh, you know, I mean, the title is playing a game with you, I'll say that. Um, soon after watching it... actually it, three lovers in it. Indeed. It's top-shelf indie stuff, though. Like, you're like you're watching an indie film. It's indie, 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 indie. Um, but but it's it, small town somewhere in America. It's never quite... Huh. It, like very small town that's actually a, a neat trick that they do is that like so there's a lot of driving between a guy's father's house and a park and let's say his house and you genuinely you feel like you could draw a map of the small town by the end of it it's cool the way they do that um, and it's only 84 minutes long as well so naturally five stars i would i would really recommend this to you i think you would really like it i would I definitely I- watch it i i appreciated john spillan reaching out and giving us that recommendation and i will eventually watch it if anyone else would like to recommend us a film to watch just send us a dm slide Indeed. into our dms as they say in the states yes <laughs> uh, soon after watching as soon after watching this, I actually slid into the DMs of uh, the director, Robert McEwen, and said, I really enjoyed your film, The Killing I of Two Lovers. You. You're so uh, nice. I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to whatever you do next. And uh, he, you do, I'll be there, I promise. He liked the message. Uh, so, uh, to and be honest, then I'm, I'm shocked that he saw it. Like That's impressive that he reads his random DMs from people. Yeah, I mean he's I, he's got like he's only got like fifteen hundred followers. Five followers, okay, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean it's his first film and it is a very small affair. Um, I hope you told him to listen to the podcast. Oh, I didn't. Fuck. I'm a podcaster and I really I should... like you. <laughs> I should have told him to do that. 
Uh, one more thing I squeezed in between Rambo films was a boxing documentary, The Kings, which I couldn't recommend highly enough. This is uh, about basically the trials and tribulations through the late 70s to the late 80s of Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, and Tommy Hearns. And it's How old just is this fantastic. It just came out this year. Um, ah. It's a four-parter, and it's really, really good. On the strength of it, I uh, bought a Marvin Hagler t-shirt online. <laughs> But um, does it have, like, has it got like Marvin Hagler's face on it? It does, yes. Nice. It has Mar- Marvin Hagler's face, and then underneath it says "Marvelous" and like you know the kind of Obama print thing. Anyway, mm. uh, yeah, uh, it's like I said uh, before. I mean, for me, sports just exist to eventually be edited into highly entertaining sports documentaries, and I would definitely file this under highly entertaining. I really, really got a lot out of this. It's great. It managed. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the last episode it manages to have a like more like more or less direct straight shot at Mike Tyson which when they're just summing up oh yeah all these guys they were the children of Ali and then this lunatic came along telling fucking interviewers to fuck off and saying he'd eat people's children and <laughs> I was like I mean to give Tyson his due there's a documentary about Tyson that is one of the best sports yeah. documentaries I've ever seen. It's amazing how I've Frank seen, is. At this point, I've watched about four different documentaries about his life. The one that I like the most is, I've seen a couple of myself, the one that I like the most is one called Tyson, where he is just so frank about his career and every mistake he made. It is painful, like. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. But anyway, I would really, really recommend The Kings. I think you'd really like it. But then, of course, in between all of those, and yeah, thanks to me, it was probably always going to be this way once I said the last film in, in a in a five-film franchise. We were always going to do this, really, weren't we? I believe Yeah, we although both... I have to apologize because I also promised to watch Son of Rambo, but I just ran out of time. Five Rambos was all I could do. I couldn't Yeah, I didn't manage to, to get that watch either. spin-off based on films. Did you enjoy it? Your week of Rambo? What, the five Rambos. I have my ranking. I mean, overall... Yes, they're all about 90 minutes long. It's not mm. really a big ask to watch them, but yeah, the quality varies greatly. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm only seeing here there was also a, an animated Rambo series, Rambo the Force Yeah, there of was. Look at that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't watch an episode of it, but um, I looked at, I flicked through one episode. It's, it's on YouTube. You can find multiple episodes of it, Rambo the Force of Freedom. It ran for 65 episodes. It's all very G.I. Joe. It's from like 1985, 1986. So, uh, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the history of Rambo? Yeah, so Rambo started with the novel First Blood, written by David Morell, about a Vietnam mm-hmm. vet waging war against a town in Kentucky. You ever read the novel is very similar to the first film. No. I have not, but apparently it's very similar to the first film, except while being shaved by the police, Rambo uses the razor to disembowel an officer before escaping naked on a motorbike. He basically kills a bunch of people. Also, at the end of the novel, spoilers for the 1972 novel First Blood, but Rambo and Sheriff Teasel both die. Yeah, they both die at the end. Also, Rambo is kind of, uh, from what I've, uh, from what I've, I've, read about it in the past i remember i read a big long article in empire about um the differences between the novel and the first film um yeah apparently like rambo's a basically as close as you can get to a baddie without being a baddie like directly like he's a, a malevolent force in the novel let's say 
um, which is something that they've definitely veered away from. He's sympathetic in this. It was it was fairly it was a big hit though, and uh, Stephen King used to use it to teach creative writing, uh, which I mean, I you know, saw that. Yeah, yeah, he's a successful creative writer himself. Uh, but yeah, I'll never read this no more than I'll read the novel on which Die Hard is based. You know, I've heard some people comment favorably about that. So you enjoyed uh, the first one, I take it. I did indeed. Do I, I have a question for you. Did you read where the name Rambo comes from? I did not. Please tell me. It is a type of apple. And David Morell's wife brought a load of the apples home while he was struggling to come up for with a name for the character. So huh. it's a mm, the Rambo apple. I don't know that I've ever had a Rambo apple. Do you want to hear but where I, the name for like Jack to. Reacher came from? Would you like to hear that? Jack Reacher round, yeah, please. All right. So the name for Jack Reacher said it was um, it was Lee Childs. I forget his actual name. Lee Child is only his pen name. It was Lee Child... Lee Child Molester is his full Lee name. Lee Child Molester, yes. It was his third go-round at trying to start a book franchise, let's say. And he said, like, he's a big tall fella. And uh, he was in the supermarket and he was he had to get something from his wife for his wife from the top shelf. And uh, he said, well, sure, if this time around doesn't work out, I can just be a reacher. And uh, that's where that's where he had his Johnny Cash moment, by all accounts. So there you go. That's uh, that's wonderful. I've got two Rambo-based uh, anecdotes that that mm-hmm. came to mind when I was watching every single film, every Rambo film possible this week, except for Son of Rambo. Now, so first one, I don't know if this is true or not, but one of my favorite stories about Eric Cantona was from his time playing at Leeds United. Are you familiar with Eric Cantona? Remember him? I am. I, I do. Yeah, from the early 90s. So he's famously very cultured and well-read. And he said in an interview that he was a big fan of Rimbaud, the poet. So the Leeds United fans sent him a bunch of Sylvester Stallone videotapes, <laughs> which was fun. That's the most lead th- leads thing to happen ever. <laughs> yeah, it is. That is. That stuck with me for like thirty years. Almost. It's a very good anecdote. <laughs> the other, <laughs> the other thing watching these films made me think of was almost twenty years ago. Now I remember seeing a stand-up from New Zealand called Simon McKinney, who was living in Edinburgh at the time. I probably saw him do this hit like the same set five or six times do you remember that from when you were younger like pre-comedy like watching someone do the same set like multiple times i've certainly i I could still remember their jokes like you know things that i've said on stage i have no idea I i couldn't recall anything i've ever said but i can recall like someone set from like 20 years ago yeah yeah i do have that Anyway, he did a, a Stallone impression that, for some reason, has always stuck with me. He was a hacky guitar comic, let's say, at the time. But as, nice. you, can, as you can imagine, the audience, myself included, ate that shit up. I'm sure you so, did. Yeah, indeed. So he, he had the guitar and the uh, Stallone voice. I'm not very good. I don't think I can do a Stallone voice. But he, So he's like playing the guitar and he goes red and yellow and pink and green orange and purple and blue i can sing like rambo sing like rambo is seared into my brain oh god permanently yeah although he he had he had this other uh song again that's also seared into my brain he had like this uh brian adams uh pedo song that went like baby you're all that i want 
When you're lying here in my arms, I'm finding it hard to believe you're 11. Good God. Classic. It reminds me of that. This, this, this of, was comedy 20 years ago. It reminds me of that bit on uh, Talking Funny where Louis C.K. recalled seeing a comedian <laughs> in a club saying, sitting on a cock because I'm, I'm gay. Sitting on a cock because I'm gay. Yeah. Which is much it's funnier awesome. than either of those other two, I have to say. That's true. Afraid so. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I wonder, can I do a Rambo voice? Nothing is over. Nothing is over! Nice. No. No, it's not great. They drew first blood. They drew, fl- they drew first blood, chief. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you're, t- <laughs> you're going really extreme with the uh, disability the f- angle there. Well, I mean, the first one is excellent, isn't it? Let's give the credit it's due. Yeah. I think the first one is so, a really, really good film. With a good director, that's probably the, pedigree, yeah. the, the, the necessity there. It took 10 years from the publication of Morel's novel till First Blood finally made it to the big screen. This was partially due to the Vietnam War not ending until 1975 and the film rights bouncing around from studio to studio. Some directors attached to the project included Sidney Pollock, Mike Nichols and John Frankenheimer before Ted Kotcheff, director of Wake and Fright, finally signed on to the project. Kotcheff mm-hmm. offered the lead role to, to Sylvester Stallone. Before Stallone came on board, some names linked to playing Rambo included Robert De Niro, Clint Eastwood, Paul Newman, Steve McQueen, Al Pacino, John Travolta, Powers Booth, Michael Douglas, and Nick Nolte. Wow. Like, you, like can everyone, you imagine? What, everyone. What kind of different films you would have had on your cards with any one of those names? Like Robert yeah. De Niro, it immediately becomes kind of a, like a character like hunter. your man from, from Midnight's Run, even, I would say. No, because he's just I like... I think so. I think he would... Like, because I think, okay... Sylvester Stallone is a big cartoon man. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is the closest you ca- he, he comes, except the except Rocky, probably, to him as a real person. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's 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 a, just a big ridiculous man. Whereas, like, okay, Robert De Niro is just like it's immediately very. You're you're immediately thinking of Travis Bickle here. You know, if he's in the role, and Steve McQueen does something to it completely differently as well. Uh, uh, Clint Eastwood too, you know. But, but yeah, if you're looking went... at all those other names in those in those cases, you would you would think they would only make one. There wouldn't have been five Rambo films if it was anyone else. Yeah, I know exactly. This just, it happened to go to like Mister Film Series. Yeah, Mister Quintilogy. John, John Frankenheimer would have been a very good shout for it, but I mean, it, like, okay, I think he uh, would have been better as the director for this rather than the the lead role. Ah, very good. Very very clever there, Thanks. Andy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, Thank you yeah. Very much. Well, no, I mean, like, as Ted Kocheff, I mean, he, okay, one thing we'll clearly get into as we go along is the action in these films just, it's got some real peaks and valleys, to be sure. And, like, there are cert- the, certainly the second and the third entries into the franchise, they rise and fall on the action. They're all action. But, with the first film, I mean, the story and the themes are more apparent than in any of the other films, except maybe their attempt at uh, themes in the final film. Because I think, like, the, the two, three, and four are just weird activist outings, I'll say. They're like, they've got political causes behind them. But um, in the first one, yeah, the, the story and the themes are quite apparent. But not only that, the action is great, particularly in the first half. I, I thought, I think the action is fantastic. The first Rambo film grossed $125 million from a $15 million budget. The original cut of the film was over three hours. 
what? Stallone and his agent Stallone and his agent thought it was awful and were worried it would tank his career. So they were trying to buy the film back. Uh, it was eventually cut down to 93 minutes, helping to pave the way for future action films being that length. I mean, I, we can be thankful for that at least. Thank you. Three-hour cut. What the hell was in a three-hour cut of Rambo? How many of these films had you seen before? Because I'd only seen First Blood and Rambo 4. I think for the purposes of this, I'm going to call all the films Rambo 1, Rambo 2, Rambo 3, Rambo 4, Rambo 5. I'd I seen, seen 1 and 4. I had seen uh, the first four. Ah, uh, okay. Wow. All right. I didn't realize you were a Rambo enthusiast. I mean, they were on when I was growing up, you know. You just catch them. And I, I went to see, um, I, I believe I was actually, I was working in a cinema when Rambo 4 came out, so I just went to see it. I remember watching Rambo 4 when it came out, and I enjoyed it, definitely. But going, I mean, thinking like, okay, so First Blood is a real film, like you said. Yes. That's, this is an actual film. <laughs> it's not Sylvester Stallone. It's not the Sylvester Stallone show. No, and you it's spend, a great film. You spend a bit more time with other characters. Like, you spend time with Teasel. You've mm. got uh, Colonel, Colonel Troutman in it a little bit. Richard Crenna introduced here. All the madness yeah. is very well grounded in it as well. Like, you believe it. You know what I mean? When he, like, mm. escapes from the police station and just scoots away on a bike, you know, it's in a real town. There's real landscapes. Yeah. That chase through the forest is fantastically shot. It's really, really well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. like, uh, I, to be honest, like, how well they use the landscapes in that and the, the, the nature, then just there's a moment near the start of Rambo 2 where I kind of went, oh, maybe Rambo 2 isn't as bad as I remember. No. Just when they were kind of using jungle land, but no, 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 it didn't go, no. go there at all. But, in the fir- like, for yeah. example, there's an, another scene, that sequence with... Um, the helicopter lowering into the forest. That's extremely well shot, I have to say. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there, it doesn't look like there's any stunt players there or anything, you know? I thought it was great. The only yeah. part of it that it falls down a little bit is when Sylvester Stallone is made to act near the end, and it's just, it's just a bit uh, funny. Is that where he's, like, making the speech about, like, yeah. and then he, he went over to the place and then he got blown up and I was holding his legs, man. Yeah, it's it's hard to make out what he was saying. Yeah, it's insane. He's supposed to be suffering the effects of, like, you know, PTSD post-Vietnam War. So it's fair enough that he's, like, a a babbling wreck. But it's very hard to make out what he's saying. But he's still, he was fine. He's good in this. The film also features a young David Caruso, the world's most ginger man. The most ginger man in the uh, world. A big, a big role model for you. Yeah, no, no, no. Really, yeah, picture on my wall, tattoo on my back. Um, But the ginger from the tattoo has Mm. faded. That's so. a shame. In in 2012, when CSI Miami was cancelled, David Caruso retired from acting to go into the art business. Respect. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh-huh. More people should retire from acting, like boxing. Absolutely. Yes. When they're punch drunk on screen, it's time to go. In August last year, the town of Hope, British Columbia, where First Blood was filmed, unveiled a giant wooden Rambo statue, much like the statue of Mel Gibson as William Wallace here in Scotland. I mean, they probably do get a lot of tourism for that. I would go. I would take a photo. Yeah, of me too. Statue. It was carved mm. with chainsaws. It's wood. It's quality. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I went to the Colombo statue in Budapest. There's a Colombo statue in Budapest. What's yeah, and <laughs> see if you can guess. No, it's it's such an asinine connection. Nobody could guess. It's on Falk Pierre. Street. Oh God! Oh, really? I was going to. That's I was it. Thinking, and just, like maybe he was from there or something. No, nope. real name was like Peterovich. It's, 
Falcon. It's off. just on Falk Street. It's a little statue of him with his dog. It's fun. You visit it. You oh, that is quality. That does sound mm. good. So yeah, first film is good. I think I think we can completely we I'm sure we we're in agreement here that mm-hmm. Rambo one is the best of the Rambos. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 have our Death. ranking at the end, but there is surely yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. question. No one could argue no. otherwise. And it starts on it starts on what I think would be yeah what would become common ground is uh, weirdly slow songs at the end of all the movies. Um, it's a long road. Do, 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 do. Yeah, very strange uh, music choices for the end credits of the Rambo films, I have to say. Um, and another thing, yeah, so as they would go, except for the f- the Last Blood, maybe, they took on different, you know, um, political motifs of the day. And yeah, this this one would have been, I suppose, Vietnam veterans not feeling at home. In, um, I lost yeah. my legs in Vietnam. I'm Captain James T. Kirk. What the hell is that from? That is uh, Tracy Morgan on a TV interview, being drunk, uh, some like morning TV show, and he sees himself in on like a monitor screen, and he has his leg folded under him, and then mm. he's he's wasted, and he goes, "I lost my leg in Vietnam." And then he goes, I'm Captain James T. Kirk from the Starship Enterprise. That sounds it's definitely brilliant. worth it's worth it's worth watching. Tracy Morgan. I'll put in the I'll put show in the notes, show notes. Please. But every I think about that all the time of I lost my leg in Vietnam. It's just the way he says it. It's, it's perfect. Well, on the strength of a similar recommendation, I ended up watching that uh, clip of uh, Lawrence Tierney, which is uh, oh, yeah. frank- frankly fucking hilarious, the, the stories yeah, about fun. that guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm going to watch that Tracy Morgan thing. Show notes, please. So, nice. Rambo Lovely. 2. How'd you get on with Rambo 2? Good God. So, I think, right, first things first, the drop-off in quality between the first and second films is immense. Yes. It is immense. This was the first Rambo film nominated for Worst Picture at the Razzies, winning that award and several others, including Worst Actor for Stallone. Amazingly, the film was also Oscar-nominated for Best Sound Editing, but lost out to Back to the Future. This was the same year that uh, Pritzi's Honor was nominated for Best Picture. Ooh. I think this is where, uh, given the, uh, the direction Stallone later went with The Expendables, he tried to give the impression that... Um, he was in on some kind of joke, I suppose, in a postmodern sort of a fashion. But really and truly, this is when the franchise sort of became a bit like the Fast and the Furious, and he's doing the Vin Diesel heavy lifting in that he's the only one who's not in on the joke. Because I do think a lot of the people in a lot of these films seem to be, including like the, like the people directing and editing them, must be aware of how ridiculous this all is. Well... This was directed by George P. Cosmatos, the Italian director who went on to direct Stallone and Cobra, which is one of the worst films I can recall. Another awful 80s action flick. However, yeah, he, also, he also directed 1993's Tombstone, which was what? quality. Tombstone's a great film. I love Tombstone. I so maybe he was just... It could just be one of these things where... Okay, this film is already into... Like, this is the Stallone show. I mean, he, he was making, he yeah. made this just before Rocky Four. The actually, uh, Colonel Sergei T. Podovsky, the baddie, they uh, originally cast Dolph Lundgren 
But then the Stallone and the producers realized that he was the same guy that they hired to play Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. <laughs> so they they had to, genuinely this is true. No, it's the same guy. The, we they, can't have him. Man. Same guy. No, it's, they had to. I just I just looked to, at him. I do no. I look. I look. It's the same guy. They had to uh, pay off his contract, and then they hired uh, Stephen Stephen Burkhoff <laughs> instead. That's a very funny showbiz and uh, anecdote. Silly old, silly old Sylvester Sloan. Yeah, no, look. I mean, and particularly, okay, you give the example of Tombstone. I mean, Tombstone isn't exactly, like, renowned for its action. It's just, it's such a good character piece. Like, everybody is fucking acting their socks off. And it's well shot and, you know, like, decorated and so forth. But you've, like, you've mainly just got, like, Kurt Russell and um, Val Kilmer chewing up the scenery between the two of them. It's a great film. Like, and, I mean, there is a certain visual sensibility, I would say, to Rocky. It's Rocky. It might as well be. <laughs> you know what I mean? To Stallone entry film. Yeah, to Rambo 2. But, I mean, particularly... Okay, this is, the, this is different to the first film, but this genuinely sets the blueprint for the rest of the franchise, I would say, which is with about... 30 minutes to go, everything just goes insane and accelerates from there. But the insanity is not well enough tracked for anybody to have the foggiest idea what the fuck is going on. I just think in general, the film is laughably bad throughout. It's incredibly cheesy, largely jingoistic. I mean, it's all in the face of like heightened Cold War tensions, which is something that, I mean... Part three, Rambo three is in. Yeah, has the same thing running through it. They, they, they both films have very similar endings: fighting a Russian yeah. military man who's in a helicopter. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Rus- Russian bad guys love their helicopters, and Rambo loves shooting them down. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, as well, it, like, okay, you you might think. Uh, I even just said it, that some people are in on the joke, but then you also have to take, okay, this is the decade that gave us uh, Top Gun. This is sincere. This is being made in all sincerity, in a way. Oh, yesterday in the cinema, I saw the trailer for uh, Top Gun Maverick. That Does it look cool. amazing? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, looking forward to that. that in, like, yeah. Rambo First Blood Part 2 had a budget of $25.5 million. Do you know how much it grossed? I do. I remember seeing it. It uh, it's it, three hundred million, right? Yeah, <laughs> some insane. figure. It's some figure. I mean, I guess million. that's just the eighties, man. There you go. That's what people were into. Well, I imagine it was also probably like similarly, people were fond of the first one. I think normally for a lot of mm. sequels, often it's the performance of the previous one that that shows how much money the next one's going to make. So. Mm. I think people I looked mean, back on the plus also he was big at this point. I mean he was he done Well no he rockets. was. He was plus as well look I mean but also I'll say it yeah look the 80s were uh, had a lot of shit that people liked even though it was shit. Yeah. That's right. fair to say. Um I think like the most interesting way to like track for me anyway to track the progress of cinema from a methodology point of view is how people shoot action. Like it going back to like Buster Keaton, even in the general, the train chase, the action is is shot really, really well. And we, I've mentioned before, like how Akira Kurosawa worked out his action by making sure you knew the areas exactly. But like the <laughs> the Rambo films are funny because the first genuinely has great action sequences that you can follow really well. I mentioned again the first one, that chase out of the town, is fantastic. But this just fucking throws that book in the bin. And just like particularly that helicopter chase at the end. Did you notice this? <laughs> it's insane. The helicopter's in front, yeah, the helicopter's makes, behind. It makes no sense. The helicopter's yeah, in front, it, the like helicopter's logically. behind. It's yeah. just mad. Like, 
telling the story through action doesn't work in this film. I just thought like there's so many funny scenes here. Like yes, one of my the, favorite, yeah, yeah. one of my favorite funny scenes is where Rambo is talking to the Vietnamese agent lady Ko Bao. Oh, every, uh, all her scenes are great. <laughs> And he says he's going to go back to the US and he's like, I'll take you back with me. Yeah. And within 10 or 15 <laughs> seconds of them, she's of him dead. making that promise, she's brutally gunned to death. And literally the only it's, thing that's missing, it like Rambo just needs to, should look up to the sky and go, ah. ah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing. And the other part that I loved at the end, Rambo bursts into uh, this is the best scene of the thing. The CIA guy <laughs> and shoots, shoots all of everything. the computers and monitors with a massive machine gun. After he shot all of the monitors, he then oh, fires so his funny. gun up in the air and goes, "Ah!" Oh like, my god, that's so funny. Some of these so scenes funny. have been spoofed so well over the years in yeah. uh, in multiple things: Hot Shots, MacGruber. Like yes, it's, it's it's hard not to laugh watching. Actually, that. and yeah, to be fair, if if uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two gave us Hot Shots Part Two, uh, I'm all for it. Actually, but Rambo Three gave us parts of Hot Shots Part Two as well. I believe the opening of Rambo Three is particularly well parodied in that. Uh, interestingly enough, I think the opening of Rambo Three. Oh wait, I've got one more. I've got, oh, I've go got on. one more piece of trivia by Rambo Two that I enjoy. Please, please, please. I'm so it. yeah, um, according to the stats given by Murdoch, Rambo has fifty nine, <laughs> fifty nine confirmed kills during the Vietnam War. However, Rambo kills seventy four people during the course of this film, <laughs> which spans two days. So in two days, Rambo kills more more people than his whole time in the war. <laughs> I think Rambo might have problems. Do you know what's yeah. the thing that that peaks into the fr- the whole the peaks into the franchise the whole way throughout? I think is that okay if you took the sensibilities of the first film and kept them, there are opportunities for interesting movies the whole way throughout. When he's in that prison at the start, I'd watch that movie. I'd watch Rambo in prison. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like breaking rock somewhere. Or I'd watch like Rambo. Um, helping out the fucking monks and shit you know what i mean like yeah i, I there, like there's all these but then it all like because it is this interesting idea because uh, you know this guy who just couldn't come home from the war wandering around but then as like rambo 3 and rambo 4 specifically make apparent i mean maybe it's just in him this this thing you know the opening of Rambo Three, I, I genuinely, I think it's like an interesting way to open it. He's do, like, and that I feel like that's been parodied a bunch now. Somebody off fighting for a living in a foreign country, where yeah, he's yeah, yeah, definitely. And here he's doing like stick fighting. Yeah, this is it. Um, and it, like, it's a like, yeah, it would be an interesting way, but it's just done so terribly. It, once again, the like. The, Whoever's maybe it just didn't matter in the eighties. Maybe that's it. But the action is just badly filmed. You don't just if you look if you put like something like this next to, I mean, fair enough. The John Wick films post nine eleven, you have two options. You can have John Wick or you can have Jason Bourne. Those are your action opportunities. You can have tongue in cheek over the topness or gritty realist brutality almost. Yeah, but both of those are superior options to. Fucking this shit. I mean, this is instantly boring as far as I'm concerned. This is Rambo 3, a.k.a. Rambo, The Road to 9-11. Yes, indeed. Of course, famous, like, there's, Osama Bin Laden is definitely hanging out here. No question. Yeah. And Rambo's like, you're so gallant. I really admire you, Osama Bin Laden. 
Although, to be fair, I, I read online just to check some details of it. Apparently, the two different factions that the U.S. supported uh, during the conflict against the Soviets didn't turn into the Taliban. And That's a bunch of horse shit. True. Is it? So the That's U.S. A, were like directly yeah. propping up the Taliban? Okay, so then Rambo is responsible for 9-11. Oh, totally. Rambo's responsible for 9-11. I re- yeah, I read this um, Rambo uh, all about 9/11. it. There's, I read two books about it. Uh, the Looming Tower by Lawrence Wright and Legacy uh, of Ashes. I watched Ashes. the TV show of that. Legacy of Ashes is like a history of the CIA. And there's, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, you know, it's no secret. They, they, but like, I mean, they tra- the Americans... I think, I think the comments I read were probably from people uh, supporting the U.S. military. <laughs> now that I Dude, think about it. I mostly support the U.S. military, but I mean, you know, some... <laughs> Like, they propped up a lot lot of bad people uh, during the Cold War. A lot of bad people. Noriega in Panama was a fucking monster. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) there you go. So, yeah, uh, basically Rambo did 9-11. Have you heard about the uh, postscript being changed? Yeah, there's at the end of the film, he was originally going to stay on and fight with the brave warriors of the Mujahideen. Yeah, well, and actually, there to was rid a to them of the to rid the country of the this the red menace. Apparently, at one time, at the, you know, at the end, it's dedicated to the brave people of Afghanistan. But apparently, right. at one time, it was dedicated to the fighters of the Mujahideen. Which I mean, I've also I've also heard that that's false. But I don't I've know heard that. Yeah, cover, that's they're covering their tracks at this point. I don't know. Speculative, anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, basically, what 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 happens in this one? He fucking. I mean, it's not as funny as the second one. I would say that. I, um, no, I, it's it's better. It's better than parts. It is, in my opinion. It is better. Yeah, uh, the action is still not good. But you veer with his interaction with the uh, Mujahideen people, you almost veer into this. It almost has, I'm going to say, Indiana Jones vibes going for it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of horses versus tanks, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, um, so yeah, what, he's got to rescue his old buddy, um, and yeah, Troutman gets taken, uh, and he has to go down deep. It did get a big laugh out of me at one point where they're near the Pakistani border and all of a sudden a bunch of tanks appeared, which, you know, was definitely coming anyway. But I just thought, and I, like, it's just, you know, and him and Troutman just decide, nah, fuck it, let's go attack the tanks. <laughs> I think I think the first question we should be asking in this film is about a guy who's been living in Thailand for multiple years who then arrives in Afghanistan and immediately befriends a young boy. A young boy. He begins it's to very, groom him. Very suspicious, yeah. It is suspicious. I mean, you've you've got your pedo radar on, on set to... Beep, 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 beep. Fine. Set uh, to Stallone. These, exactly, set to Stallone. Yeah. The, uh, uh, I, was going, I was just going to say, the, the original director of the film was Russell Mulcahy of Highlander fame. But he was replaced mm. after two weeks by Peter McDonald, who, among other things, was a camera operator on Zardoz. It all comes nice. back to Zardoz. All comes two back weeks to Zardoz. Zardoz. Everything. Yes, indeed. You're welcome. Zardoz. Do you want to do the soundbite? Uh, no. <laughs> Wait. It's just too long to... How about, uh, how about a different bit of Zardoz? We could have this one. Penic erection was one of the many unsolved evolutionary mysteries surrounding sexuality. Every society had an elaborate subculture devoted to erotic stimulation. But nobody could quite determine how this becomes this. <laughs> nice. Awesome. I noticed as well when I was uh, reading about it, um, 
that uh, well one thing Siskel and Ebert disagreed on it I watched them reviewing on it uh, uh, but Ebert to his credit said look if you're into this shit you'll love it <laughs> Uh, so he gave it a thumbs up if you're into this shit, but blankly stated that he was not. But I noticed that it made um, less money, so and spent and it had a yeah. higher budget. Sixty so million that, budget grossed 189. It was also nominated for five Razzies, and Stallone won for worst actor. Uh, Stallone is not one of these characters that shows up and coll- collects a Razzie. I'd assume. No, I would guess not. Do you know? Did they plan to do um, another one? What, like a Rambo 6? I heard they were looking at some kind of prequel. No, about Rambo, after this one. Reservation. Because we can take... Okay, oh, we can okay, take, yeah, back of the time. Yeah, yeah, yes. sure. It just, I mean, so yeah, there was a... Important to note here, there's a 20-year hiatus between Rambo 3 and Rambo 4. And there were plans to make other films in between, but it, things just got lost along the way. I think uh, Rambo, the 2008 film, was one of the first to really step up to the plate and embrace nostalgia. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Um, Yeah, it was around that time when things were coming back around, like the A-Team film, among other things. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, everything from the 80s was suddenly good, but I mean... And of course, uh, Stallone made another Rocky film around the same time. He did, yeah, and he made the the Expendables. Um, That was a year after this. Yeah, the fucking mad thing about the expand, like, like, okay, if you look at, do you know what? Which what is I think also look- directed by Stallone, the first Expendables. That's right. Yeah, do you know what? Like, looks great these days is um the the Suicide Squad film that'll be coming out soon, the James Gunn film. I saw I saw a trailer for that yesterday, and Stallone is voicing King Shark. That's right. Do you think it looks? I think it looks great. I think it looks brilliant. And I have mm. again, I haven't seen the first Suicide Squad film, but nor uh, have I. But I have no plans I don't as to watch plan it. To, yeah, exactly. Mm. I'm gonna go into this Suicide Squad film and go. This is the I first just, Suicide Squad film. What a what a fantastic uh, trajectory James Gunn has had. Uh, yeah, got fired point. from Marvel and then said, "Fine, I'm basically gonna go do Guardians over here. Uh, that's what I'll do." I mean, I'm sure it's it seems to be much more old school James Gunn than. The yeah, Disneyfied yeah. version, um, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, getting it back around. I mean, you can already tell in that. I would imagine ninety percent of that cast are going to die in uh, Suicide Squad. Which, Hopefully. Um, yeah, yeah. That was the the big lie that the Expendables told when it came out. Hardly anybody bites it in the Expendables. It was just getting all these action high, like it was getting all these straight to video action stars together in the one place. That was what the the game plan was for the Expendables. I believe they made two more. Actually, I didn't yeah, watch either I think of them. I only watched the first one. Uh, just to go back to Rambo Two for a second, mm. there was a there was a quote in, from that film which eventually gave rise to the cinematic series. When Co asks asks Rambo, "Why did they pick you? Because you like to fight?" and Rambo says, "I'm expendable." And Co yes. says, "What mean expendable?" And Rambo says, "It's like someone invites you to a party." And you don't show up, it doesn't really matter. Which isn't what expendable means. <laughs> no, that is not accurate. <laughs> I thought I thought to myself, I mean, did the, the either this either is just a bad writer or the screenwriter is genuinely taking the piss and just saying, I bet he doesn't even read this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's just terrible like that. It's, it's just like oh my god, I thought that was awful. But anyway, Rambo 2008, let's call it. Finds I'm a calling it Rambo of, 4. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, Rambo 4 is better. So, Which, and it was also called, in some countries, called John Rambo. 
it kind of finds its footing in a strange way. I think Stallone tries to sort of play the card like, oh, we were having fun all along, but you weren't. It was pretty sincere in the 80s. I think this is less sincere and more ridiculous, and it's to the film's strength. Yeah, after watching nothing but Rambos, uh, living <laughs> living in a world of Rambos, <laughs> number four feels like Citizen Kane in comparison to two. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, it's, it like it's so much. I mean, it's just it's way better. And it like it's kind of having the crack in a completely grotesque way. Um, yes. but it it is having fun. Like the violence the, the, in this film is spectacular, almost orgasmic. When Rambo yeah, yeah. and his gang of mercenaries start te- tearing people to pieces, yeah. I felt a kind of animalistic bloodlust, and I can see it's how that could be, I could see how that could be problematic because I was enjoying it. Like just I was. The killing was doing things to me. And I was Can like, we talk about is, the I opening? Love I love the, this. The opening in which uh, the Burmese army show up with a bunch of peasants, throw landmines into swamps and make them run across. And then one of them blows up and very specifically we get a flash of intestine. And it's an unnecessary... Did you see this? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's an unnecessary flash of intestine, but it's almost like an opening statement. It's like, yeah, this is what we're doing here. This is what's happening today. Because for all the killing in Rambo 2 and 3, they're not quite violent. No, no not like this. Not like this. It was, those were 80s deaths where you throw a knife at someone and there's basically no blood. Yeah, You yeah. shoot people and it's just, you know, there, there aren't squib- squibs don't have any blood or anything. It's just a little pop. But here, like, I, I read that uh, Stallone made a choice early on. He was like, okay, the budget's not that big. It was 50 million, and it's all there on the screen, but he decided we're going to make this just as gory as possible. Yeah. And by um, God, they did. And he, um, Rambo is having a bit of a nihilistic streak at the start of this film. Yeah. I think it's fair to Nothing say. Nothing matters. I'm going to look after snakes. Exactly. Yeah, he's catching they snakes. They understand me. And um, then there's some religious people who want to be taken up the river. Yet, yet, yet. There's a fun uh, character, uh, the uh, British SAS guy, who's a bit of a oh, dick. Yeah. Who's, who's actually Scottish, it needs to be pointed out. Graham McDonald. You can tell. A classic psycho. He's got the, a face of a psycho. Yeah, having recently re- uh, read um, Bravo 2-0, I, w- I was like, ah, that's, that's the, yeah, it's an SAS guy. They're all like that in that book. But yeah, fantastically violent, this film. And also, they play their like villainous cards well. So you've got, um, you've got uh, a, a rape a happens pedophile. casually. Yeah, there's a gay pedophile. A gay um, pedophile baddie. He's the main baddie. Yeah, yeah, the main baddie is a gay pedophile. So, that, I mean, there's no, say, there's no opportunity to um, do a bit of uh, or, or, orientalism maybe, sympathy. Maybe these guys are the goodies. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nope. gay pedophile is their leader. Sorry. And then there's the other part where they're making all these lady da- ladies dance and one of the soldiers oh, yeah. goes, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going raping. I'm going raping. He throws a cigarette at one of them and says, I'm going to rape one of you guys. And that's then why just- all the violence, I mean, he- the violence is, is earned and that's why it's so enjoyable because you're like, just fucking mow these people down. Yeah. Just kill uh, them. The vi- I, I enjoyed the visual effects. It's a great blend of practical and CGI. Like hundreds yes. of people are shredded by high caliber Good guns. Good God. Yeah. I, he pulls I, out a guy's I, throat. <laughs> yeah. He does a throat rip. Yeah. 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 The, the British guy. Hit, 
the British guy uh, headbutts a guy to death, um, which is pretty cool. Then, yeah, for the best part of it, uh, of the finale, actually, Rambo is behind a mounted machine gun, just Uh, vaporizing people, just vaporizing them. So, yeah, many critics and audience members felt that the uh, horrific wounds inflicted by the M250 cal heavy machine gun in the finale were so gory that it was unrealistic. However, Mm. returning Iraq and Afghanistan veterans who had used the M2 in combat noted that the wounds were quite accurate and if anything, were toned down from reality. Well, you would think so, to be honest, because yeah, it's, it's a high-caliber machine gun. Like caliber gun. Yeah, it's yeah, massive. yeah, yeah. Uh, the you other gun that I particularly liked was Matthew Marsden's uh, massive sniper rifle, which yes. literally blows people away. Yes, I, w- I watched I mean, this it's, um, it's with headphones on, and when he shot that in the jungle as a kind of a si- uh, sig- yeah. um, <laughs> signal, that was like, whoa, that was cool. Uh, yeah, this is this is what all. If all the films had been like this, I'd be a big fan of the franchise. Quite frankly, yeah. <laughs> I had a lot yeah, of fun with this. It's, it's good. I mean, apparently, so uh, Stallone is quite proud of this one. Uh, the film was banned by the Burmese government, but it's it's uh, supposedly done a roaring trade in uh, blockbuster video copies and uh, a lot of. So the, it's about a group of people called Karens, which is not. I think nowadays is not the best name for uh, a group of people. <laughs> but um, no. yeah, apparent, apparently they took on one of his quotes as a kind of battle cry, which is "Live for nothing or die for something." Nice. And yeah, that's how Rambo actually talks the SAS guy around to being on their side. Yep. It's funny. Is, it, it, do you know what's a very funny scene in it? Uh, well, there's two funny scenes of a similar ilk. When Rambo's just being a boat guy, and uh, he's first of all, he's going up with the um, like the humanitarian yeah. mission. And uh, the lady goes, like, and he's there. He can hear all of this. Uh, she's like, she goes to approach, <laughs> and the guy goes, don't talk to him. She's like, no, I'm going to talk to him. He's, he's right there. The he's <laughs> He's, he's a meter away, and they're like, "I'm." He's just the fucking boat guy. He's a. But then the other one is, yeah. When he's going up with the mercenaries, and he's just like, I don't care who you are. If you, oh no, I do actually in this case because if you're an SAS soldier and you're looking at Rambo, you're probably going, "Oh, this, this guy's guy seen some shit." Bald, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy has seen like just some muscle action. alone. He might be like sixty years old, but like muscle alone, he's he's a, he's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I know, there's this weird moment where he goes, uh, "Oh, instead of looking up a snake's ass, yeah, that's right. I heard that story." And it's like, what, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? He, yeah, he catches snakes. What? And he's trying to make use that as a story to make <laughs> Rambo look like a pussy. You got that pansy? Yeah, 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 pansy. but. He, and then of course he comes. Along. I think as well. Actually, yeah, the um, the uh, bow and arrow is an excellent uh, choice here. I'm trying to remember it in four. I, um, <laughs> oh, everything well, is it's completely. When, it's all merged together. Now I'm thinking the bow and arrow in five. Well, it's when the Burmese army show up and they're um, playing oh, yeah, their yeah, 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 yeah. mind game, and then he kills them all. Yeah yeah, 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 bang right through the head. Um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, I mean, you were saying, I'm, like, as as far as I'm aware, like, the stuff that the Burmese army was doing to the Karen people, it's supposedly accurate. Yeah, well, I hope not, because I thought it was a hilarious inv- evil invention. Well, I don't know if they were playing the actual mind game, but I think, you know, there's, uh, Stallone said filming there, like, filming in Thailand and doing everything about it was absolutely brutal. Mm. And um, just that they they constantly ran into people who were like missing limbs from the from the conflict. Mm. I am um, 
in general, so this is kind of the last uh, Rambo film to sort of play a political card uh, to do its sort of um, activist thing. It's uh, it's certainly less sincere than two and three. I think the tone is uh, struck quite right. And then, of course, at the end, he heads home to Arizona, which gave the franchise uh, an opportunity for a kind of a, a thematic, a bit of thematic closure, I think. Which I genuinely think, and this is the film we're gonna, we'll talk a little bit longer about, I suppose, because we'll do plot. Uh, I genuinely think it kind of manages a bit of thematic closure, but like, I mean, ultimately, how, what can you expect? I think would, it would be how I would review the the final film in the franchise. This Rumble, film was Last exactly Blood. what I expected it to be. When yeah. I knew that it was about Mexico. But then there were also a lot of accusations that the film was racist. <laughs> it basically ah, confirmed off. every idea, every stereotype I had about Mexico. And this is exactly the film that I expected. Well, I mean, the thing to keep note of is, like, I don't know how many, like, how much you've, like, I've watched a, a fair whack of documentaries about cartels. And I watched one particular film that's based on real events called Heli about event like yeah you know, just brutalization of uh, frontier towns in Mexico by the by the cartels and like it's it, it, it like it was so fucking grotesque that like people were walking out in cans etc but fucking you, you, the filmmaker just said well yeah it's based on something that kind of happened so yeah fuck yourself this is real yeah the i <laughs> people can say what they like but the brutality of the uh, mexican cartels is <laughs> is not something yeah. you can overreach with like yeah 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 i don't think it's a secret at this point but mm. yeah this so this film it was uh 11 years between rambo 4 and uh, rambo last blood rambo 5 there were mm. a series of misfires stallone had a few different ideas and uh eventually they brought on chat. board uh adrian grunberg who is um well he was kind of like a go-to first ad and second unit director for a ton of stuff that filmed in mexico such as mm. man on fire and narcos but he also directed a film i haven't seen which i think you might have get the gringo have you seen oh that? yeah that's yeah. a that's a mad film with melly mel, melly mel yeah with melly mel uh, I, I think he co-wrote it with melly mel actually Mm. Uh, yeah yeah that's a mad old film I don't know is it worth tracking down and watching but I remember thinking mm. it was bananas when I saw it in the cinema and although this film is partially set in Mexico all the Mexico scenes were actually filmed in Tenerife hence the abundance of Spaniards in the cast also oh, Rambo's yeah. Arizona farm was actually in Bulgaria what? Mm -hmm. it's not America my man ah, well, I suppose you film where it's gotta be yeah, it's gotta be cheap uh, yeah you can yeah uh, <laughs> It's not just the Spaniards in the cast. It's just totally Spain. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's just Spain. I, like. I noticed that when watching it. I was like, this yeah, doesn't yeah. seem very Mexican to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, like, I made that call when I was watching that. And I was like, could they not? Like, yeah, because, I mean, for example, I feel like, yeah, we may have watched something recently set in Mexico, no? Or maybe just I did. Who knows at this point? All I can think Indeed. of is Rambos. Yeah, that's true. Ra Rambos. This film had a budget of fifty million and grossed ninety one point four million, the weakest performance of all five films. Although it this obviously is a time where people use streaming services a bit more frequently than mm. going to the cinema. I was yeah, quite, quite close to actually going to see this in the cinema. I was going to go. Um, well, uh, just, yeah, because you'd already seen all four, so it, may, it would make sense for you to. Yeah, complete I just it. I just remember I couldn't I couldn't uh, get away. Um, but yeah, it probably would have ended up being. 
one of those uh, Hobbs and Shaw outing where I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> but That's uh, fair. Whatever. You went to go and see Hobbs and Shaw, so. Yeah. But I like this one. I liked it too because it carries on the same ideas as number four, basically. You know what you're getting. He's going mm-hmm. down to Mexico. Some bad things are going to happen to him and the people that he loves first. And then he's going to take retribution against the cartel and he's going to kill everyone in the most brutal fashion imaginable. There were some Mm. surprises along the way. I was pretty surprised at some of the choices, but we'll get to those in a minute. So shall I go into the cast? Let's. So the star is a man named Sylvester Stallone who plays John (laughs) J. Rambo. Do you know how old Stallone was at the time of Uh, filming? um, I do not. Could Uh, Could you guess? Let's see. I'm going to say 70. Close. 72. Looks good. This I remember is the second time. Go I ahead, saw him once in a, 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 have you ever seen his film, uh, The Italian Stallion? Is that a porno? That's the porno he did, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. I've seen it. Well, I've, sure, seen, a, yeah. I've seen a few minutes of Many it. Many times. Sure, sure. Mouthing research. Along. I was doing research. This is, a, this is the second time Sylvester Stallone is featured in a film on the podcast. Do you remember the first? Ah, oh, fuck. He was a background dancer in a nightclub. No, go on, tell me. A nightclub seemingly run by Roy Scheider as a pimp. Roy Scheider running a nightclub? Pimp? I think he was running the nightclub, no? This must Roy, be Roy Scheider as a pimp, can you remember? Ah, uh, it rings a bell. Was it a good film? Donald Sutherland solving a murder. Oh, uh, fucking... Clute. Yeah, Stallone was uh, a background dancer, allegedly. Yeah, I mean, okay, I I guess the the writing's on the wall for Clute. I'll probably never watch that again. (laughs) (laughs) So joining Stallone, we have a bunch of newcomers to the series. Adriana Barraza plays Maria Beltran, who Rambo lives with now. She looked after Rambo's dad. Mm -hmm. Was she the maid? Is that racist to ask? Is she the maid? I believe so. Was she the help? She's kind of the help, yeah. Adriana Barraza famously appeared in Amores Peros and Babel slash Babel. But to me, she'll yes. always be the medium, Sean Sandina from Drag Me to Hell. Oh, is she the medium in that? That's a fantastic mm-hmm. scene. And a, we've talked about it already, yeah, but a, we've what talked a fantastic about it movie. Not that long ago. Uh, you need, to re- need to get that rewatched. The so. medium scene is where uh, the yeah. goat says to yeah. the main character, <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I want to rewatch that now. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I must rewatch also it. Yeah. Living, also living with Rambo is Maria's granddaughter, Gabriella, who's played by Yvette Montreal. Uh, I have nothing to say about her. Thought she was fine, especially <laughs> especially considering how much of a hard time her character gets. Yeah, do you know what's funny about her though? It's like uh, when she appears, she is she is hot. Yeah, uh, when she appears, fine. you're just like, oh right, you're gonna have a rough hour and a half right about now. The second she appears, you're just like, oh, you're dazzlingly beautiful. Good luck in this yeah. movie. <laughs> but yeah, as as we'll get to, I I, I don't know. I'm shocked that they went there. You know? Yeah, me too. I feel like me too. I thought they were going to pull back, but no, apparently not. So yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, we've also got Gabriella's loca friend Giselle. Who's oh yeah, and we're Finesa Pineda. We're back to uh, the immorality of being overweight. Oh yeah, she was a bit of a fat baddie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was a fat baddie. I, but, 
<laughs> she was in, she was in my opinion very cruelly nominated for worst supporting actress at the Razzies. I think that is very cruelly because I think she does her job well here to be honest. I, exactly. She's yeah, she's yeah. A, extremely unlikable as she as she's supposed to be, but she's yeah. never unbelievable. She's I think the main pushback seems to be that the portrayal of this character was deemed as racist. Huh. Like that she'd moved down to Mexico and now she's become like <laughs> selling out her friend, selling her friend to the cartel. Like, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, that's what she does. That's her money. function in the plan. One, one thing that um, struck me is in when they're in her apartment and she has a beer and there's uh, shot glasses and fags on the table from the night before. I was like, oh, I've lived there. That's an apartment <laughs> I have lived in. Yeah, yeah. She's just a, she's like a student. She's like She's an having the Irish banter. student, absolutely. Student doing an internship with some prosy cartels. Absolutely. Unfortunately, unfortunately, or fortunately for uh, Finesa Pineda, she lost the Razzie, losing out to Rebel Wilson and Cats. Cats, of course, absolutely cleaned up the 2020 awards, winning mm. six golden raspberries. And now we'll never watch it. Well, I'm going to watch it in my free... No, I'm, no you're right. I'm literally never going to watch that. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, we've I'm- also got... Uh, Yes. What? No, no I've uh, I've like on, on two like on a various occasions in my life because it's just cats is such a, a big presence in the culture. Do you know what I mean? You've heard of it for years, um, and on two or three occasions, I've I've recalled just going down through the Wikipedia article and then going, "What? What? What? This is madness!" I yeah yeah. Anyway, yeah. enough's yeah. been said about that. Uh, we've also got the lady who helps Rambo in Mexico, Carmen Delgado. What She's a weird character. Us. Yeah, it's a weird one because she has very little. She's barely in it. She's yeah, completely but fine. She's... I mean, it's Spanish actress Paz Vega, Paz Vega from uh, Lucia y el Sexo y Hable con ella. It's but big it's Spanish just like they, they like give her focus like she's going to be a big part of the plot when she just isn't. It's a weird one. Mm. Yeah, she's just there basically to bail Rambo out at one point and also to point him in, in the right direction of who to. Uh, direct his his murderous rage towards. That's about it. Finally, we've got the baddies, the brothers Martinez, the Mexican pimps. Hugo Martinez is played by Sergio Perez Mencheta, an actor from Madrid. And mm. last but not least, Victor Martinez is played by one of my favorite Spanish or Catalan actors, I suppose. Oscar Jainada, old Hernan Cortez himself. He's oh, on, he's right, on, from, that, yeah, from that show. See, that's what I know. I know him from, from my TV show, my Hernan Cortez TV show. Is that worth he's watching? He's on top form here. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. And and he's he's a great actor. I think he's a really, really good actor. He's on top form I here. agree. Yeah, yeah he's got an scenery. interesting face. He's got a great, great face. He's grizzled. Mm. Um, yeah. I haven't seen the film Snatched. But apparently his character tries to kill Amy Schumer's character, which just elevates oh, wow. him in yeah. my eyes. Five stars. Mm-hmm. The Is fact that a that comedy? He fails. I believe so. I th- I was. I think it was like extremely poorly received. You an Amy Schumer fan? <laughs> eh, from time to time, but uh, yeah. I recall Good liking time. one of her sketches. Anyway, shall we move into the old pilot? Let's move into the pilot. Okay, I'm guessing we both watched the extended version. Is that accurate? I believe so. Yes. Because the extended version starts with a 10-minute scene of Rambo saving a lady from a flash flood while her friend and his wife both perish. 
Yeah, it's a uh, difficult to follow. It's kind of bizarre uh, that. Yeah, what's that all about? Like, is it are we just saying the scene of like Rambo's in America? Yeah, what he's up he's to these Arizona, days, basically. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah and he's that. like helping people out. They're like, "Thanks for bailing us out again." Mm, yeah, and what somebody dies, I believe. But yeah, it's a weird scene. I understand why they cut two, it. Yeah, like two people die. Mm. He saves one, and two people die. Is that supposed to be like opening up the idea that he he could do more or something? I don't know. It it really thwarted my expectations because the opening shot is of a helicopter, and I'm thinking, right. Um, oh right, we're doing some fucking mission thing or something we're like back that. Back in Nam. Yeah, exactly. Back in Nam, but no. Um, no, it's a yeah. random flash flood, and Rambo's the the volunteer on a horse. A volunteer clearly on a still horse, suffering yeah. from PTSD. He clearly. has a bit of a flashback later on of the man's mm-hmm. face who dies in the flash flood. While he's hanging out, he's chilling in his basement tunnels. Yeah, he likes to hang out in tunnels. Yeah, who um, doesn't? So the real opening of the film shows us that Rambo's back living at the old family home in the town of Bowie, Arizona. Named for the knife. With, mm-hmm, he's living with Maria and her granddaughter, Gabriella, who he's raised like a daughter. Rambo's been there since the events of the previous film in Burma and is living a more or less normal life keeping mm-hmm. his crazy bloodlust under control by fashioning a huge <laughs> series of tunnels under the family yeah. property and listening to Five to One by The Doors, which is a yeah. great song. It is a very good song. I, I, I've listened to it a bunch since um, this movie, actually. Uh, yeah. Odd choice, but it uh, really works well the for the finale. opens the, the episode. Nice. Let's do it. Yeah. So Gabriella is 17, just finishing off high school and planning on heading to college, although Uncle John would love for her to stick around and help him do some Brady Jandro-style bronco-breaking. Gabriella's mum died of cancer, and her father, a no-good piece of shit, left them to run away to Mexico when Gabriella was quite young. Yeah, he is a nasty piece of work, isn't he? Yeah, when she tracks him down. We get to see that he's not a nice guy. Now reaching maturity, Gabriella wants to track him down. Luckily, her friend Giselle, who lives in Mexico, has managed to find him. Against Rambo and Maria's wishes, Gabriella crosses the border to seek him out. This is this. I mean, this is just as you would expect the setup so far. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Rambo's living a nice life. He's looking after this young lady who is <laughs> absolutely prime ready for mexican sex trafficking like (laughs) (laughs) that might sound bad that's not what i mean i mean like you're you're a father of a daughter you're i hope you have multiple weapons already and (laughs) planning well i'll tell you what the way i yeah the way i view characters like this has changed uh, irrevocably uh that's just yeah i but uh, not it not in a Oh, the poor girl. I'm just kind of like, I, you know, I just don't go, you know, she's a hot piece of ass anymore. Uh, mm. It's weird. Um, I'm more now looking at, and I'm not joking here. I'm more now looking at like the journalist lady and people like that. Uh, it's just changed for me. I can't, I can't explain it. It's odd. Um, mm. But there you go. It, it is what it is. Um, th- so this is basically, I mean, this is a film made up of the parts of other films. We, we need to yeah, acknowledge we that. Yeah, we got Man on Fire. There's taken. heavy man on fire fight. You're taken. Uh, they try and ape a little bit of a, 
a sort of a Godfather Part Three for the finale. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got um, Home Alone, of course, being or Straw yeah, Dogs. Yep, Take your pick. Yeah, Straw Straw Alone, Home Dogs. Uh, yeah, so I mean, there's there's um, I suppose you could say Unforgiven a bit. Deepan, <laughs> these guys come from a war. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But of course, the secret ingredient being uh, Sylvester Stallone's face and new haircut. Yes. So she buggers off to Mexico. Yeah, so she meets up with her friend Giselle, who, as mentioned, is immediately super unlikable. She's apparently changed quite a lot since she arrived in Mexico. She lives in a dodgy neighborhood and in relative squalor, at least compared to a farmhouse in Bowie, Arizona, anyway. I think this is where the accusations of racism begin. Because every single, except for Paz Vega and the doctor who looks after Rambo later, basically mm. every Mexican is a baddie or a victim. Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, this is all we're not. We're we're seeing one side. It's not like they're trying to show us the entirety of Mexico, but yeah, but I mean. Be, this is where the, a franchise like Rambo has a good card to play culturally, because you can legitimately go. Yeah, but it's it's Rambo, you know. <laughs> that's an all right answer, as far as I'm concerned. It's it's fucking Rambo. I agree. Like the scene with the father is just that's an insane scene, you know. But anyway, let, we'll get to that. Go on. Also, like Adrian Grunberg, who directed the film. I mean, like I said, he's worked on Narcos. He's worked on basic. He's Mexican. Mm. He's worked on everything made in Mexico over the last 20 years. I feel like he's got a reasonable sense of what's going on in his own, his own country. Yeah, and a license to depict, quite frankly. And plus, as well, I'll say it again, it's fucking Rambo. It's fine. Right, that's fair enough. Well, to, well, to, that's enough. That's the argument there. So Giselle, yeah. takes Gabri- Giselle takes Gabriella to her father's house where he greets her at the door. She asks him why he left her and her sick mother. He explains in one of the harshest scenes I can recall between a parent Jesus, and a child yeah. that he left because his wife and daughter meant nothing, nothing to him, that they were an inconvenience. How did that make you feel as a father? Are you making plans already? <laughs> I thought, whoa, I were mean, you, were, were, it's a good you speech. Had, you, had, <laughs> you had your little notepad out. That for me was like the wife and child. That to me was like the could have been a contender speech uh, from on the waterfront. That just spoke to me, you know. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's fucking so. But I mean, it's funny as well because it's like it's funny because it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's bastard out the wazoo. Like (laughs) it's just the most (laughs) evil thing I've ever heard. Saying to this poor Los because Angeles he starts, actress, he's it's the the reason it's so silly is because he starts off like reasonably nice, nice to her, and then yeah, he yeah. just switches into like maniacal. It's just it's such a ridiculous switch. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> that, it's very. That's funny. why it's funny. If he hmm. was just like straight off the bat, like harsh to her, then you'd be like, okay, I understand it. But it's the hmm. fact that he's like slightly nice and then switches that just makes it so silly. So anyway, Gabrielle is obviously a little upset by this, so Giselle decides to take her to a sleazy nightclub where a guy tries to chat her up. Some drugs are poured into Gabrielle's drink, and hey, presto, you're sex trafficked. That's how it happens, folks. Way. Take care. Uh, Yeah, uh, that nightclub looks horrible. I didn't want to be there. I think most nightclubs look horrible to me. Yes, yeah, I'm in full agreement there. 
Word gets back to Rambo and Maria that Gabriella has disappeared. Naturally, Rambo jumps in his car and jets down to Mexico to question Giselle. Giselle foolishly tries to lie to Rambo before he notices that she's wearing Gabriella's bangle, which used to belong to her mother. Realizing mm. that Giselle set Gabriella up, he forces her to go with him over to the sleazy club to ID the man that took Gabriella. While during the, the mm-hmm. uh, what, sorry, yeah, during the interrogation scene with Gisela, I had an uncomfortable urge. I really wanted like Rambo to punch her in the <laughs> face. Smash. That yeah. is a problem because I felt the same thing. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no no problem. He does threaten to shoot her later on. He's yeah. like, put, if you if you do anything else apart from ID this man, I'm gonna put a bullet in your head. And I was like, but like when he says to least, her, he he also lets her go. He just yeah. lets her go. When he says to end. her, I'm going to hurt you uh, in the inter, I kind of went, yeah. ah, fuck. Like, because I knew if he's going to punch her, it's going to come out of nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I, once, at that once point, he starts like, threatening her, you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah my violence boner just went, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is it's not, it's not okay, really, but I so wanted him to punch her in the fucking face and <laughs> just break her schnoz. <laughs> this, this is, that's why four is better than five, because in four, yeah. Like everyone gets it <laughs> all the time. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna put that on your tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no hiding place. I don't care who you are. You reminded me of Patrick Stewart in extras there. <laughs> but it's too late. It's I've too seen late. everything. Already, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so while in the club, a middle-aged lady, Carmen Delgado, looks on as Rambo drags the low-level pimp out to his car and stabs him in the thigh before breaking his collarbone and Jesus, pulling yeah. the bone out of the man's broken flesh with his bare hands and twisting it. Something else, huh? <laughs> I'm already wow. laughing thinking about the ending, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rambo loves reaching into people's bodies and pulling stuff. <laughs> oh, I just remembered the ending. Now that you yeah. said, Jesus Christ. Oi. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so using the intel he gains, Rambo heads over to where the Martinez brothers and their cronies are hanging out. Unfortunately, he falls foul of the local spotters, and before he knows what's going on, he's surrounded by about 50 guys, mm. which is impressive. He's just being followed like up these kind of steps. Yeah. And more and more guys start appearing, and then he's just got like fifty around him. Well, that that actually that sequence was de- like I was genuine. I was like, well, that's just definitely Spain, isn't it? That's one, one yeah, sequence yeah. where I was just like, that's <laughs> for sure Spain. Yeah, what are you talking about? I don't know why, totally. but yeah, I, like it did occur to me. Anyway, go on. Yeah. So the Martini, the Martinez brothers, beat the shit out of him. Take the photo he has of Gabriella. A lot of brothers to make. Her life hell. Well, it's the two main Martinez brothers. (laughs) The others are just cousins and and friends, I think. Yeah, they cut his face. They they take the photo of Gabriella, promise to make her life hell before Victor Martinez brands Rambo with a knife to the face, the same wounds he plans to give Gabriella. Yuck. So old Uncle John is in a bad way before Carmen, who had been following him, swoops in to take him back to her house to recuperate. At the same time, the Martinez brothers exact their revenge on Gabriella. Victor injects her with heroin before cutting her face. She is then forced into prostitution. They went there. They went there. 
rough dose there, Gabriella. And it's not. It's we're, we, this is not taken anymore. We're on another. No. This they just this shit just got real. Yes. And then Johnny Ram wakes up four days later, drives over to one of the gang's brothels, and literally hammers everyone to death in a Joaquin Phoenix "You Were Never Really Here" style. Before yeah. finding Gabrielle in a bad, bad way. And is this it is out when... of order? Is it out of order to hammer the all those customers to death? Yes, I I had that thought too. Had had they signed up? I'm because are. Did, I think are I think it was out of order. Are we suggesting that? Anyone who has ever gets involved in prostitution is taking advantage of sex trafficking victims. Are we to believe that all those guys who went there knew that that was the deal? Like, okay, they should maybe go to jail. Should they be executed? Well, there's one guy who looks particularly pathetic when Rambo wha- whacks him on the hammer with the <laughs> knee. And I was like, ah, yeah. for, come on, this guy hey, has probably got enough going on in his life. I'm, I'd say he just failed to get an erection right now. You know, yeah, yeah, I, I, I felt that was a it's bit definitely out of order. borderline. I was like, I don't know if you need to be executing these guys. I mean, leave them. Jesus, okay, maybe, maybe Mexico though. Good, good. Probably safer. It's safer mm. just to kill them. Uh, so yeah, uh, Rambo finds Gabriella. She's not doing well. He puts her in the car and drives towards home. On the way, and... he's pouring, he's pouring his heart out and telling her to keep her eyes open. At I couldn't believe point, there could be something kn- <laughs> good in the world. <laughs> when he's telling her to keep her eyes open, at that point, you know she's done for. <laughs> yeah. And as, and, as they but, near uh, the border, I, I she tell passes you what, away. He doesn't help her keeping her eyes open by telling one, like the most <laughs> boring <off>. story. <laughs> <laughs> he basically guy, kills man. her. Like, But yeah, I did not expect that to happen. What did she die say. of? Heroin overdose. Heroin. Could I he have done something? <laughs> could he have done something about it? He doesn't try, attempt CPR. No. He, he, could, he didn't even think about getting like. I'll say as um, well. Adrenaline I think it was, shot or something. What was he this, doing? This is the decision they made to go Godfather Part Three, and I just think mm. it was the wrong one. I don't think they should have killed the girl personally. Uh, Me neither. Just, I d- yeah. nothing changed. He can still. Go back there. And have his big Home Alone fun. Or he he can either go back to Mexico and kill them there. If they want to do them, he murders everyone at the farm. Even him taking her away could be enough for the brothers to go like, okay, well, we need to make an example. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I just don't get it. Or how about this? They kill the grandmother or something instead. You don't need to. Yeah. All the shit that they did to this like teenage girl it just doesn't feel no. necessary it just feels no. gratuitous it a, for no reason it was a real bummer yeah and like the thing is the mistake it makes is it, it this will this is where it fits directly into the vin diesel mode the mistake it makes is in thinking that we yeah. take these films seriously and we do and like the, the rambo and that and the Rambo is the most, like, Stallone is the star. And you see that when you get to the end credits, because the end credits is just a series of images of uh, Rambo from the five mm. films with other people's names going past. And it's still just pictures of Stallone. Like, this film is about him, and none of the other characters matter. At yeah. the end of the day, it's just like, this is the fucking Rambo show. Yeah, so so yeah, no, no, I did like I, I was kind of like ah bummer. It was kind of like, you know, you know the Radiohead album, fucking uh, OK Computer. 
and you're just listening yeah. to it, and then it's like, oh, here's fitter, happier, brilliant. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, bang, <laughs> horrible death of a teenage girl. What are you doing in a Rambo movie? What's happening here? Yeah. And like, <laughs> well, to be fair, they did it before, but it was much funnier before with the Asian lady. Maybe that makes me racist. I don't know. <laughs> with, with the, with the she Vietnamese was lady. She older. She, she'd had more yeah. of a chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were going for the, like, yeah, actually, that's the thing. I mean, I love the film Taken. If the daughter dies, fuck that, quite frankly. Yeah, that would be mad. Mm. So when Rambo arrives back in Bowie, he breaks the news to Maria and consoles her as she discovers her granddaughter's corpse. Some time passes. They bury Gabriella in the garden, which seems a tad unconventional. It seems to be in the garden, right? I know they have that's illegal, isn't it? Is it? It doesn't. It certainly is questions to be asked. I think that's illegal, isn't it? You're not (laughs) supposed to. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I sent a DM to to a Adrian Grimberg. Uh, excuse me, John. You're not supposed to bury your niece in the garden. It says it here. Uh, Rambo sends Maria away because he's got work to do. He spends about ten minutes of screen time rigging some extreme <laughs> Home Alone style traps. That's great you fun. I love that montage. Mexicans are about to get fucked up. Yeah, it was fair. It is, that is fun. Yeah. You can have an '80s montage if it is. Just setting up death traps. Yeah, it's, it's an A-team point. montage. You can it's great do what fun. you want. Yes, it is. It is an A-team. It is an X-rated A-team montage because you know what these traps are going to be used for. Yeah, we're going to see some shit. But speaking of traps, first he needs to bait his trap. So back in Mexico, he sneaks into Victor's house after killing all his guards. He kills Victor leaving a photo of Gabriella pinned to his chest and taking Victor's head with him, which That's he awesome. throws away out his car window <laughs> on the journey home. It's awesome. Although it's one of those... <laughs> All right. That's the thing. Once that happens, you're like, "All oh, right, cool. We're back in Rambo town now. Yeah, this is yeah, fun. exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I don't... I don't it, 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 at that point, Gabriella, all of these people cease to exist. Yeah, the only yeah, people yeah. that exist in this uni- universe now are Rambo and about Scumbags. 50 Mexican guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so awesome. So then, I mean... Um, so yeah, the- so then Hugo, somewhat displeased that Rambo has killed his brother, reacts like Gary Oldman in Leon and says, Bring me everyone! And takes his goons through Sicario-style tunnels into the U.S., there's a huge bunch of guys, and they are geared up. They mm. look ready for war, which is what they're going to get. Yeah. yeah scene. This sequence is fucking awesome. I loved this, it. This is what the film is all about. The final yeah. section of the film is just Rambo fucking everyone up. It's the orgasmic release after 80 minutes of blue balls of Giselle <laughs> not being punched in the face. And... <laughs> <laughs> To to make up for that, Rambo. Like, wow. Okay. So here we go. Run through them. Okay. People get blown up. They get set on fire. They fall into spike pits. He sticks a pole through a through a hole in the wall. Oh, that's awesome. Through a guy's head. That's fun. Through the guy's head. He mach- uh, then uh, straight afterwards, he machetes a guy's foot off. That's awesome too. That's a. Do you a remember highlight. any others? There there are some fun. ones. I remember just, the uh, like, booby trap bullets uh, where the guy gets shot up from the floor. Oh yeah. That's cool. Um, one, the, one of the ones where like a knife comes kind of 
knives come flying out the wall. There's ones where mm-hmm. it's really satisfying because the knives go like more than halfway through the guy's head. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> also pretty cool, like, That's just nice. from a like a, a home alone kind of point of view, is where the um, bag of, uh, I think it's gasoline, above the garage mm. door start like yeah. starts leaking out and then yeah, uh, i think yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, sp- a spark somewhere or no rambo shoots it from a distance and just and lights them all on fire that's pretty cool he sets up he he has he has uh, a moat around the property which is full of like some kind of gas or something and when they're just yeah. coming into the coming into the property <laughs> he sets that all on fire so that the guys have to walk like they have to follow the path through the middle i mean at that point, yeah. if you saw that, if you saw that someone had gone to that level, I would just be like, oh, I'm sorry, Victor. You brought this yeah, on yeah, yourself. Yeah. Right? Well, Particularly, yeah, because Victor's only in the first uh, car. Like one, of the other, like one of the other cars would surely be... No, uh, like, like, he at was the, the guy who died. Vic- Victor's the one who died. Oh, Hugo's yeah. the... Yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, that's he, what I'm saying. He, if, I, if I'm Hugo, I'd be like, yeah, okay. It's time to go home. Sorry, Victor, but... Even if Hugo wasn't, surely one of the cars full of goons at the end would go, guys, this guy oh, yeah, means business. yeah, got blown <laughs> up. He blows up a car immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, finally he ends up one-on-one with Hugo, obviously, because you have to go one-on-one with the bad guy at the end. That's, those are the rules. That's he the tells rules, yeah. Hugo that he's going to tear out his heart, just as Hugo metaphorically did to him. When Hugo is uh, escaping, a series of explosions runs into the barn. Rambo has an excuse to break out his trusty bow and fires four arrows, pinning Hugo to the wall. Rambo then cuts and tears out Hugo's still beating heart I and wanted shows him to eat it. it to him before he dies, like Kano in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Fatality. He shows him, him his own it. heart, and he's still alive. <laughs> that was cool, yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, with everyone dead, Rambo can go back to chilling on the porch and enjoy the rest of his retirement. Now that he's happy. Well, no, they're do They're like he's miserable. They're, 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 that's the. Why did they got to do a Godfather Part Three? I think he's going to die in that chair. <laughs> I think yeah. he'll live forever. He's done. You think there'll be another do. one? He's cleansed the world. He, I, uh, so Stallone had a had a prequel idea which would focus on his time growing up on an Indian reservation. So it'd be someone but, else playing the Reed Lily role. Who would you cast? Uh, James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> that's my answer G- to every question. I'd go James Van Der Beek, which is my oh, answer to good. every question. Yeah, James yeah, Van Der Beek. That's also good. Maybe uh, Joshua Jackson. <laughs> okay. Michelle Williams, I'd go. Yeah, I think I'd go <laughs> yeah, Michelle Williams. Good. I can keep going with these forever. Kerr Smith. <laughs> you played Jack. I give up. I give up. <laughs> I, I, watched, I surrender. Uh, I uh, Katie Holmes. Ep- I think Katie Holmes would be good. <laughs> I watched multiple episodes of that show earlier this year. So, really? Yep. I've seen multiple episodes of Dawson's. Did you enjoy them? 20, 2021. It's fine. Okay. Fair <laughs> it enough, hasn't fair aged enough. that that well. I'm thinking. Who, do you know who who wouldn't be bad? Is your man who played a uh, young Han Solo? He could be young Rambo. Oh yeah, Alden, 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 Aldens, Aldenson, Aldenrich, Eric Aldenrichson, Alden. Twid that it were so simple. Twid that mm-hmm. it were so simple. Anyway, ranking. I think that I'll just. Oh, let me say this. I think the Razzies were bang out of order. They gave this eight yes. Razzie nominations, 
I mean, yes. it's cheesy in places. I think some of the decisions, like we've already talked about, of everything that they did to the granddaughter is basically out of order. But I don't think Stallone... Stallone's not trying to play the young Rambo character. He's not even doing no. Liam Neeson, like, eight, cum, he's doing John eight Wick. cuts to, to jump a fence. Like, But he's playing it as a 72-year-old man. He gets the shit kicked out of him. Mm. Like, he almost dies. And then he uses his expertise to set up traps you know, I mean, he's not like, he's not really kind of like overpowering people hand to hand or anything. He's just, you know, sets up traps. He sneaks into Victor's house and murders people, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, what, what, I don't know why you like feel the need to defend any of this. Is that why people had to go at it? Because it was too violent? Fuck I, off. I, yeah, that definitely. There was accusations of racism, scripting, which, yeah, the plot, I think we can agree there's maybe it's not yeah. ideal, but not Razzie nomination worthy. I don't, and, uh, maybe it's something yeah, to do, I, th- I think it's something to do with, yeah, it's the fact that Stallone is, like, he's basically, in a way, still it's working long. from the mold of the 1980s where... He's the jingoistic American hero, yeah, da 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 da. I think the only reason that they let the John well, let them away, they let the John Wick films away with it, is because they're criminals, assassins, and it's a bit ridiculous. But right. this is ridiculous. This has always been ridiculous. He's not representing the American government here. He's just an old man who has like a personal vendetta. That's it. An He's awesome not doing personal it like, vendetta. I, I died. I went to Mexico and killed a bunch of guys for this country. It's his own. It's just a his own, his own personal war. Yeah, and it's the first so, fucking movie where he doesn't talk about Vietnam as well, which is a blessing. <laughs> my my ranking, my ranking of the first four films is the same as uh, Stallone's ranking that he gave when he was on Graham Norton. Oh, go on. The show, not literally on Graham Norton. Well, he should be uh, so lucky. Graham so Norton, his ra- so this is the ranking of the first four is one four three two, and I agree with that. As in the best ones. Mm-hmm. One, four, Do three, a countdown. Three. I I work better with countdowns. What's the worst? Okay. The worst for me is two without question. I, I mean, are we? In, yes. Are we? This is of the full the full set. Or yeah, the full yes, set. the full franchise. Yeah. Yeah, for me, worst the, the worst is definitely this part two. I just I yes. find that to be like comically bad. Yes. I, I struggle to pay attention to it. Yes, it's boring the, as well. The Soviet is boring. The Soviet stuff just seems silly now. Stephen Burkhoff is 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 bad. Oh yeah, and they make up such a, a a Russian name like yeah. My name is Bob Lightfoot. I was like, you just made that up. <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> um, yeah, everything about that is has aged poorly. Yes, it's terrible. I'm in full agreement. And of course, I would say we're in agreement on the next. Uh, I would have three. Yeah, I have three as well. Just I mm-hmm. think three is better than two. I still think it's quite interesting. Um, it's at least an insight into a time and a place a bit more of like the Afghan conflict against the Soviets. And My sister's it's, it's, been to Afghanistan. She says <laughs> it's quite nice. Well, she, she's she's right. It is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's a, we're, it's a bit so better. I, bit better. I have a so feeling three and two with where we will. Yeah. Exactly. Because one is definitely the best. So, do you prefer four or five? So for me, next is five because four for me is better than five. Ah, you see, for me, next is four because I I, I preferred five. I just uh, like mm-hmm. I genuinely I had great, a great time with both of them, which was like it was getting to be a tough week for me to be honest because I found two and three such a fucking slog. But then the the last yeah. two were banter. But I just it thought is, it is that 
is that strange feeling after after watching the first after watching the first Rambo film? You're like, this is amazing. I can do anything. And then Rambo two is like a punch in the throat, and you're just like, oh my god. And then it starts getting better. But I feel bad for watching it. Like I feel I feel I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) No, no, I thought it was fine. I I hadn't seen two and three before, so at least I was experiencing them for the first time. But the the reason I like Rambo Four more than Five is because I like the camaraderie with the group of Mercs. Like when I was watching Rambo Four, I immediately was like, I want to rewatch Predator. I want to watch Aliens. Ah, uh, yeah. I want to yeah, watch. Yeah. I want to watch like eighties group of guys films. Not the Expendables. Not something where they're already so far up their own arses, but just mm. like well, back here's in the eighties. <clears throat> I think the ultimate takeaway from the whole franchise is. Hey, if you feel like watching Rambo, just watch Predator. Yes, always. Well, yeah, watch the I'm, first Rambo. That's fine. But then, which watch is it? Uh, the first Rambo. Right. Here's the thing. There's five films, and the first, it's Rambo is more the other films than the first one. Absolutely. It's it's kind of unfair to even yeah. put them together because it is. Yeah. The the four Rambo films could, should it can exist on its own character spinoffs. They're complete. It's a completely different thing. Like, they're, yes. yeah, yeah. It's just, um, they, they shouldn't be lumped in together. They shouldn't even be in a box set together. Rambo, the Rambo franchise really begins at two, I think. And I think, yeah, I just think the finale of five is just so much fun uh, that that's what edged it out for me. But genuinely, I had I had a good time with both of them. I think uh, I think as well. Maybe its filmmaking techniques have evolved. But I think uh, Stallone is actually uh, a good director. Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. He'd already... I mean, he made multiple Rocky films. He has a lot of experience. No, no, he does. He does. But it's like particularly with... I mean, when you look at how dull the action is in uh, in 2 and 3, I mean, the action... It's not just the gore. The action is well shot. You can follow what's going on in 4, which you definitely cannot in 2 and 3. Um, and you don't the, the great the, you don't need to follow what's going on in the finale for five <laughs> you don't actually something about the geography of the tunnels or whatever it's just like ah he's just killing everyone that's fine <laughs> yeah yeah all you yeah, all you, those those tunnels don't make sense but it's mm. just death after death of just people getting slammed he uses the same thing actually that's a good callback to the first film. He sets up like a type of trap that's yeah. like wooden wooden stakes. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's nice that's to the see one that reused. That's one weird thing in the first film is like he sets those traps awful He's, fast. <laughs> he does. He's being chased through a forest and he sets up like like spear traps. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I yeah. The way I would see it for me, the best Rambo film is uh, Last Blood. But taken for granted that the first one isn't a Rambo film. <laughs> That's the... ah, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, no, I'd have to go two thousand. Yeah, because it's clearly a better film. But uh, yeah, yeah. But I would be on a fairly similar page with them. Okay. Uh, despite all of that, it was a it was a fun week. Um, and uh, we're apparently going for a change of pace this week. We're both going yeah, to so suggest this war a, movies. Okay. So th- this was a bit of an oversight because I'd already selected the criteria before mm. thinking about what your answer was you know because yeah. i didn't know what your toss film was going to be and mm. even if it, if it had, if we'd only watched rambo last blood it would have been okay to watch a war film 
but obviously now we're watching a war film after watching multiple war films. But that's okay Which is because fine. I don't know what you've chosen, but I've chosen something very different from the Rambo films. Oh, okay. I might have chosen something along their lines, but it is a <laughs> Rambo classic. Six. Yes. <laughs> it is a classic film that I've not seen. Okay, so, so I had a couple of about. options, but in the end, I decided to go for Stanley Kubrick's 1957 World War I film, Paths of Glory. Wow, great. Uh, I've said this many times on the podcast. I hope you win. I am going for, um, some would call it Oliver Stone's magnum opus, ah, Platoon. Platoon, nice. Okay, yeah. I've seen Platoon, that's good. And I've seen I Paths of like Glory. I would like to rewatch that too, okay. All right, cool. Uh, you got a coin, or is it my week? It's probably my week. It's your turn. I think I did two in a row. Okay, all right. So here I have, ooh, you're up against an Irish harp, which is tough going there. A what? An Irish harp. Okay. Uh, harp. You going to harp? Okay, here we go. It is the harp. Yay, Paths of Glory. Well done. Well done, Andy. Uh, so we'll be watching uh, Paths of Glory. That's fucking awesome. Okay, so criteria. looking for my criteria then. I've not forgotten this week. Okay, so yeah, uh, my criteria for this film is it simply has to be, take it any way you want, one of those things people call a film noir. Hmm. I'm looking forward to watching Paths of Glory. I haven't seen it in years and it's really good. And it's got our old friend from The Killing with the great face. Oh, yeah. What's his name? That guy. I can't remember, but we can talk about his mad life again. Yes. Great. I look forward All to right, that. All right. Well, sure. Until next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It's a long week when all you watch are Rambo films. Start to lust for blood And you wear a headband Unironically And you become A threat to society And the staff at Tesco Should probably be worried Now